Live, laugh, love. I have That's to do more gonna editing be now to the... include the full screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh fuck! So if you don't see anything and I just look like an idiot doing this, it's because my face—you can only see my face. The rest of the room's cut off, but that's my whiteboard that says "Live, Laugh, Love" that my barber wrote. So shout out Ollie Jones. Fucking... You call him your barber, but it's fine to admit he's your boyfriend. There's nothing wrong with it. You can own it. Yeah. Well, was, he's both. So I was okay. I was right. What hair was he but... cutting? <laughs> You're a fucking dirty dog, you. But I yeah, just, that I is... Swore, oh, well, it's fine. We're not monetizing anyway, mate. So <laughs> <laughs> we need more people to sub yet. <coughs> Isn't it? So yeah, we we're going to start subscribing, people. We, we live for esports. We laugh at esports. And we love everything but esports. And especially we love shitting on esports. So, oops, I just swore. But yeah, so uh, together that, that fits in quite well. Um, mm. The thumbnail and title might actually not give away what this video is about at all because I'm going to clickbait it to the max. So it, it might be worth speaking about it up front. Um, we're going to look at developers, the evil overlords, or potentially good people, the gods the of esports. And, and the takers, the double-edged sword. That is yeah. the publisher. Full of absolute mouth-breathing neeks. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I turn this on and I just turn into a dickhead like straight away. Like, Do you I'm, know? Wait, 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 hold up. You know, mouth breathers, you probably know this because you fucking listen to Andrew Huberman and shit. You know what I'm going to say? Andrew Huberman. You don't? Yeah, fucking I have liar. Andrew Huberman's a beast. No, mouth breathers, there's something like, there's a book written about it. <clears throat> People that breathe through their mouths and like sleep with their mouths open and shit. Like they I think they even have like a lower life expectancy. Yeah, they do. Faces yeah. droop quicker over time, um, like across the, the lifespan. So if you can get used to breathing through your nose when you're not do when you're not like doing any physical exertion, just like just don't breathe through your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm get, I'm getting back into running and I'm doing it exclusively nose breathing. Are you really? There as well, yeah. Yeah, um, really, really make sure you like controls your pace entirely. Like you're making mm. sure you're at like a certain level. You're not like absolutely blowing out your ass. You only go so instead of going by time or distance and like really like controlling it. Instead of going kind of going by feel, you know what yeah. I mean. You can get yeah, really yeah. annoying when you're just like obsessed with numbers. Um, mm-hmm. You just do it based on your capacity to be able to like breathe comfortably. First, that's actually really interesting. I'm gonna yeah. try that one day. It's also very fucking tough. Uh, you find out that you're not as good as as you think. But yeah, that yeah. is a, an insight into our next um, spin-off tangent. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Three minutes in classic cyber athletics fashion. We've still not spoke about, not properly about the topic we're actually no. here for. No. <laughs> so I, I think it's it's just generally a big topic, and more people speaking about the fact that developers just fuck a lot of stuff up but also you'd literally not have a game without them so <laughs> it's a really tricky topic but yeah. it adds an interesting dynamic to the whole conversation because if you're comparing it to sports there's not necessarily like i can go have a kick about whenever i want but i can't host like an amateur tournament like without mm. permission type shit so it adds a an extra bit of spice and and nuance to the conversation about esports ownership and uh, the industry as a whole and I think mm-hmm. we've spoken about it before, how like teams get the short end of the stick. Um, so I think it's worth highlighting at this point that the developers get the long end of the stick. I've never heard that said, but I have to assume that is it works. the opposite of that. But <laughs> it also sounds a tad bit 
Yeah, it sounds a bit like I'm talking about a penis, which yeah, if I was, that's fine, but I'm not. So it sounds like you're yeah. insinuating a little bit. Oh no, I think most game developers have got absolute peckers. Just for the record, uh, what's wrong? Well, I'm going to be nice for this episode. This <laughs> episode, that, you're getting nice. Each, is that everybody that works at a, at a publisher, or is that the publisher itself has a figurative pecker? No, everyone who works there. You, you tried cleaning it up. <laughs> I appreciate your effort. And from this moment on, I'm going to be, be nice. Okay, okay. You're yeah, no, nice they, are, they are the giver and the taker, the publishers. They really are. And like for anyone that doesn't know, it's basically just because they own the entire thing. So they have the final say on literally everything. So like the reason in sport, why are you laughing? Carry on. Why are you laughing? Because I've got 15 jokes already, man. Like, and I'm trying to be normal. So, so. hold it in because I wanted to, I wanted to say this point because we've detoured a lot. <laughs> so the reason, for example, in sport, you have <clears throat> teams or like players that are part of a union. I've written about this before. Like, players that are part of a union, they can unionize because it's basically without getting into loads and loads of detail. It's a two-party system. So you've got the teams in the league, which is one party, and then you've got like the league itself, which is the second party. So they can unionise against them, yada, yada, yada. Um, in esports, you don't really have that because you've got three parties. You'll have the players, then you'll have the teams, then you have the publisher. And like, yeah, that's just... I don't want to get into too much heavy detail on that because it's just it's boring to explain right now. Um, but they're all fighting for more from each other. Basically, they're all hmm. trying to. The like teams and players are both getting cooked by the uh, publisher, <laughs> effectively. Yeah. So, in a sense, that in a sense they should be on the same page. But then also, players are looking to get more out of teams. Teams are looking to get more out of players, and they mm-hmm. don't always act in the best interest of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely. it creates a, a an interesting <clears throat> dynamic, I suppose. You and see, it kind of goes okay with the LCSPA in some places. It's done all right. They've at least done better this time than they were before. But mm. I remember, like back in its early days, it was literally funded by Riot. So mm. <laughs> they're literally like trying to bargain against the the people that are funding them, and it's just like, oh, the company yeah. that's funding them. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, good exactly. luck with that, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, even running a league becomes really difficult <laughs> just because of the publisher, because you've got like it's it's much harder to introduce like a salary cap because of the publisher, for example. Whereas in normal leagues, you have that. Because you've got unionization, you can then introduce a salary cap. But in esports, because you can't union, the players can't unionize, you don't, you can't introduce anything like a, you know, like a salary uh, control mechanism. So then the leagues can like get a bit out of hand, as we've seen in esports, where like player salaries are just a bit crazy. So like, but all of this, essentially, and we've both probably written a lot about this, like stems from the publisher, um, but like you said, it's a catch twenty two because <laughs> without them, we literally wouldn't have a fucking industry if these companies didn't make the games. Um, so yeah, it's a weird one. And you've seen, like, I just wrote something about um, EA, who's the publisher of Apex. Um, they were basically chatting. So in short, what the report? No, was let's about, go in long, bro. Let's let's okay, let's go long. Okay, so let's go long and hard into it. EA, Indeed. what was your joke, by the way, before? Oh, I had like 10. Don't worry about okay. it. I can't just rattle them all off. Okay. So, <laughs> EA is the publisher of Apex Legends, and EA was chatting to 
20 esports teams. I mean, it was chatting to more, it was chatting to some of these teams for years. I'm talking from like 2019 about introducing, this was around the time that ALGS was first formed, which is like the premier competition in, in that game. Um, about, it was chatting to teams about introducing skins into Apex and then share revenue from those skin sales with the teams. Now that's like one of the, um, one of the main ways, one of the best ways at the moment, I think, for a lot of teams to earn money. Riot is good at this. They've done it well in Valorant, at least, where they've shared a, like a good chunk on these big events with teams and earned them. Like some of them have earned like maybe millions, but at the very least, like hundreds of high hundreds of thousands. So that's a lot. That's like, yeah, that's a lot. And if that happens like two times a year, it's, yeah, it's huge. So EA are talking to teams about doing that for Apex Legends. In March 2022, one person told me for the report, they started, they'd already started at that point developing the skins. There's a, there's leaks, like these leaks have been about for months um, of the team skins in the game, already in the game, fully developed and everything, all right. the motions and everything, fully like done. In And I've seen the emails and stuff and the, the I'll get into the letter that teams drafted sending that they sent to EA pissed off and stuff but um, EA so they were led to believe that teams were led to believe by EA and Respawn who's the developer for ages that RevShare was like the context for all discussions like that was what they were promised essentially Um, in September last year when it finally came down they were like three weeks out from fucking when they were supposed to be having the skins in the game. So like they still didn't, they still had no agreement in place, like no contractual agreement, despite the fact skins were ready and about to be put in the store in October, like mid October, they were still talking about it in mid September. Like EA still hadn't really made an offer. Every time teams chased, they were like, we're just working on it. Yada, yada, yada. Teams, uh, sorry, EA offered teams, 20 of them. So all the biggest teams, mostly in NA, like not, not, not all, but mostly I'd like, Phase, Fnatic, TSM, um, Space Station, Sentinels, Alliance, like, and loads more bigger ones like that, than that. Complexity, a few others. Um, they were offered sixty thousand dollars as a flat fee, which is like a smack in the face. So, like, I think one of my sources basically said, like, I earned that. I earned double that in one quarter in another game that I compete in, and like. And you do easily like sixty grand as a flat fee, with no incentive to like promote the game, push the skins is is like a really insulting offer. So what teams did was they banded together, which was led by Team Liquid and TSM, by the way, mm-hmm. um, to draft a letter, sent it to the publisher, sent it to EA, basically saying like we don't think this has been good in, done in good faith. We think that. Basically, this is like shithouse behavior. Didn't say that, obviously. And they proposed like a counter offer of like a 50 50 rev split. So, like, say if they make 100 million from the fucking, they wouldn't, but 100 million from the esports skins, teams get 50 split between them. Right. Um, they obviously said no to that. They offered another thing, which was like hardly any better. It was like really still shit. Like the top three teams would get 160 grand instead of 60, and then like the rest of it, it was like a tiered system. Again, they were like, no, we we don't, we think this is like an awful offer and it's not worth it for us. 
send another revised offer, like get as close to 50-50 as you can, yada, yada, yada. We really think rev sharing is fair, blah, blah, blah. Here's the industry standard, which by the way, in like Rocket League, I think is 30%. You've got Halo, which I think is 50. Siege, Rainbow Six Siege is 50. So like there was like industry standard is this. Um, and then at that point, when teams went back to EA and said that, EA just shut it down. They just said, right, well, we're not like doing anything. And they said like, we need to go away and discuss internally how we can best help teams. Bullshit, bullshit. Um, and then at that point, so since then, I think Navi, Space Station Gaming, Liquid, G2, and one other like tier one org, can't remember who now. But anyway, yeah, there was at least five that have left. And I think some other smaller orgs have left, but like in the rev sharing talks, these teams were in those talks and they all fucked off. Um so yeah, and like one person was telling me like EA is the worst publisher. Like they're in loads of different titles, and the worst one they work with is EA. Um, so yeah, it just goes to show like they led teams on for ages. Teams were like keen to get it going, keen to love the game, keen to promote Apex Esports, build it into something, all this. And the publisher can just like, despite leading teams on, like I said, literally for fucking years, can just click their finger. And all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, there's no viability for these teams, these orgs to be in the scene, so they fuck mm. off. That um, makes sense to something as well. I saw a lot of Optic fans were pissed off with the Optic like social people for not really sharing anything about Apex Legends. It seemed like they were only bothered about COD, even though they're in other titles. Mm. And now with like your report coming out and you saying this, it's like maybe teams are being like, "Well, oh, we're not fucking promoting you if you don't give a shit." You know what I mean? Mm, While they figure possibly. out what's next, if you know what I mean, like we we can show you how much of an impact we have on viewership and your overall mm-hmm. impressions that you get um, by just not tweeting. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. maybe it's a little but dirty protest. It could. It, it probably is. You know, mate. Because like I said, word gets around. There were twenty teams involved in these talks. Twenty of the biggest teams. They all talk to each other. You would presume, at like here and there. Or they will other other orgs will at the very least hear it through the grapevine. So. Yeah, and I think, but I think this, the shame about it is like, so EA's thing was essentially you would assume like this just isn't worth it for us financially. Why would we share like twenty, thirty percent, whatever it would be, or fifty of the revenue on esports skins if we can just release um, plain like normal skins that we design, which will sell the same if not more. Depending depends doesn't it who know, who even fucking knows but like we mm-hmm. can design the skins that will sell at least roughly the same not share any of that money and just keep it all to ourselves and earn millions more that's true but also like the esports teams and players really do promote your game and stuff so it's just a case of like what do you value more is it the the operation being profitable or having the esports teams there that support you and in turn you support them blah 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 so it's um and also fun little thing which I didn't include in the article, so a bit of a bit of a nugget. <laughs> apparently anyway, the sorry. we don't have sound effects yet, it's not in the budget. So <laughs> apparently the um the store in Apex Legends is only capable of shelving like a certain number of items. That's what one person told me. So like apparently their engine, the game engine is just like it's pretty shit. So, like, you actually can't store that much in the thing. So, it's like, 
an item being showcased <clears throat> actually takes up a lot of real estate in Apex, supposedly. That's what I heard from one source. Really? Um, yeah, that's what they said. Okay. I mean, like I said, that's not included in the article because it's like s- somewhat hearsay. So like take hmm. that with a grain of salt, but it's an interesting little tidbit. It don't sound realistic, but also I'm not a game dev. Mm. Uh, I don't know the genetic makeup of Apex Legends. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't speak I mean, they're it, a but... big company, aren't they? And, like, the game looks beautiful and runs well, as far as I know. So, like, why would the store be different? I don't know. Like I said, this is They can introduce the huge new maps and that. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Like I, don't know, I don't know features. how it works. But, yeah. Well, firstly, congrats on the, the good report, mate. I know it's you bad. want to be a... Uh, a big boy journalist. Uh, even though I've I've left the game, you've you've still firmly got your got your balls deep in there. So I, I respect mm. it. Um, it's good it's to great. see the traction. Like especially like it seems like your Digiday reports seem to. I don't know the viewership, but they on socials well. they're like picking up decently, man. So mm. and it's always difficult on the businessy articles. Like you're just naturally not going to get the same as like George could tweet out like. Oh, tens just had a shit mid match, and like that would get infinite more. <laughs> that would get infinite yeah. more engagement yeah, than like a, a something that's taken three months of deep dive that's showing like real state of the industry stuff. Like this is how a developer, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, yeah. a publisher is working. Like these is what the teams are having to run up against, and it just won't matter. You know, what I mean, like George think- Geddes will just like get exposed for having like shit riz, and like that will be trending on Twitter, but like an expose of like EA's incompetence for Apex Legends esports, a whole scene. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. it just won't, it won't match well, up. Think, it's, it's for us. It can be um, discouraging, but um, it can be. Yeah, but also work, like, man. thanks mate. Appreciate that. But I think some people can probably just get a bit addicted to the social impressions and shit. But like for you me, I, I'm genuinely like, it's nice when it, when it, obviously when I publish something, I want it to do well on socials and stuff. I'm not going to fucking lie and say I don't. Like, well, mate, we, we know, I, I know that you don't care about Twitter impressions and likes and stuff because you tweet out stuff that will never get like, <laughs> yes. likes. you just like, you tweet, <laughs> no, not, yeah, not, not in a diss way, like it's, it's enviable no, in that you're just like, oh, I like this song. I'm gonna. I, I want to talk about this song. Or like, that, mate, that's my life. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think I liked. Even... I didn't think I liked this music group that much. But I actually like 37 of their songs. So who knew? Like, it's not as if you're out there going like, yeah, your mum. Like, I don't know. Just absolute yeah. inane bullshit. You know. Never gonna so, get best practice out of me on socials ever. That's fine. Well, I just don't even tweet anymore. So I mean, I, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you like, don't. Yeah. You're really quiet these days, mate. I, I just don't tweet. tweet more. Don't tweet. Honestly, tweet more. I sit in the background. And laugh at you nerds. You're in a, and then realise I'm a nerd for sitting in the background. You're so. in a position where you could just like throw sling shit at people in esports and like that's not, not really any pullback. I'm, I'm a nice guy. No, you're not. You're the worst fucking person in the world. But that's not what you're no, I said I was gonna be nice. So um <laughs> <laughs> But based on that report, uh, um it made us think it would be worth looking at the other publishers, so um, that's, that's a really good breakdown and again like that's the kind of like journalism the industry actually needs as opposed to just roster stuff because the mm. roster shit's going to happen either way um, like change may not happen unless word gets out and fans rally around stuff so it's mm. it's big bollocks yeah. it's... and based on that I think the next best thing to move on to unless you've got more you want to talk about on the Apex front don't think so no okay, no. let's talk about our favourite developer Yep. Um, the ones who uh, who rival even Riot for 
sexual harassment and very shit workplace. Um, con- <laughs> con- I think it's past them. No, it's, I'm trying I, to think. I, oh, it's hard to say, mate. Hard like, to compare, the, isn't it? The but... CEO of Riot Games farted in an employee's face and is still the COO. Like, yeah, I like it's not even a Dutch oven. It's like an actual like pure drive-by shit in someone's face. Like the particles are still in their skin now, no matter how much they scrub. Um, mm. It's just fucked. Um, and and of course, the developer is actually not laughing Blizzard. at the thing. By the way, I'm just laughing at <laughs> the way Adam. I just embellish <laughs> the way it, Adam like an absolute frames dick. it. Oh fucking hell! Anyway, carry on. Before I get cancelled, but you get cancelled as well. Um, Cyber Athletics will be shut down. I hope so, because that would like really help us when we move over to Rumble, you know? <laughs> <laughs> help us when last what they called, last free nation wanna acquire us. We'll go to we'll have a, an exclusive show on uh, <laughs> Telegram <laughs> what's what's, what's the right Truth Social. We'll have a, an exclusive show on Truth Social. I've actually gone lightheaded. Um I like your t shirt by the way. It's really nice. Thank you mate. I got it from um, Chicago. No, you didn't. ASOS, Primark. It says it. What, more, me, what proof do you want? Show me the label, boy. Are you saying you didn't get that hat from LA? <laughs> <laughs> I did, actually, yeah. Why oh, do we want to be yeah. American so much? It's so yeah, strange. Um, Activision, Blizzard, um, SEC filing, finally acknowledged the fact that the leagues that it set up and absolutely raked money in for. <laughs> like, what? what is the amount they would have gotten at least in guarantees for franchise payments for Overwatch League. I think it's 300 mil. I think, mm. based on the what, buy-ins. They were still owed? Uh, as in, like, that's the amount they would get from uh, all the franchise fees once paid off. Obviously, they're deferred stuff from because both of COVID. And, uh, just Overwatch League, I believe. Oh, yeah. I think probably something like that. There's 20 think, teams, yeah. and like some of them, um, it was like between 30 and 60 mil, like the expansion slots were going for, I believe. Uh, and mil. obviously, they're, like, they're basically... <laughs> fucked off a lot of that value per se because the value isn't there to mm. keep teams in because it's been for years like like Toronto has been word of like them trying to get out as and obviously we've seen quite a few sales and all that kind of mm. stuff now LA thieves coming in and optic in and out every day like it's fucking charge <laughs> slide or something like <laughs> um but yeah they basically announced that uh, well, not announced. Sorry, they finally like revealed that yes, things are bad. Even though it didn't need revealing, it just needed like them to acknowledge it because like it's such a bad partner. You know what I mean? They're just pure gaslighting you. It's like your missus. You're mm. like you, you're just not telling me the truth, love. And she's like, yeah, I am. Like I've literally not left the house in three days. Whereas you saw her leaving on the ring doorbell yesterday, like holding hands with your brother. Like it's just like just be honest. Like I can see what's going on. So. Uh, I'll, I'll read the quote. I'm not going to say which publication it's from because fuck these guys. Um, but it says, I said I was going to be nice. Um, this is DeSerto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck those guys. Oh, I just say I'm not a fan. I understand why you do it. Blah, blah, fucking bullshit. I hate DeSerto's social media. Carry on. Maximum Clark boy. Our collaborative mm. arrangements for our professional esports leagues, the Overwatch League and Cobb League, continue to face headwinds which are negatively impacting the operations and potentially the longevity of the leagues under the current business model. We continue to work to address these challenges which could result in significant costs and such efforts may prove unsuccessful. (laughs) So they're like, yeah, give us all the millions at the height of the VC funding and then four, five, 
six years on, they're just like the. If you read between the lines here, between like just the spin, it's basically saying like we fucked up. Like the the mm. the, the, the the premise and promise in which we sold, we've now worked out just doesn't work. Um, we're gonna try and fix it because we want more money. Um, and <laughs> and we don't want to lose loads of money that we put into it, but we're probably gonna fail. Like that is mm. essentially what that is saying in the most like. Uh, corporate speak thing they can like um, facing significant headwinds and stuff like so what you're saying is you're failing like there's there's no ways no two ways about it and Mm. such efforts may prove unsuccessful so the league is dying and you're trying to not let it die Uh, like both leagues are dying you're trying to not let it die cod league seems like it's in an okay spot but we don't know financially but at least like viewership wise it's on the rise and new players coming in and stuff and actually building some sort of fan base so that one doesn't seem as doomed as Overwatch League, and that's why probably the title and thumbnail will be Overwatch League related, since people love to hate on it. By the way, so if you've clicked that because of it, this is a section for you. Um, yeah, man. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if way, you've got I, anything you want to. Well, hit on I was first gonna on say, this. I know, like, I think we both personally just like COD a little bit more, a lot more. But I also, think I was a COD, COD kid League, growing up, so yeah, me too, and like. But I thought it's worth like think the COD League is also fucked and doomed. Like I said, like the thing says, in its current business model, with just the state of Oh man, I just don't know. Is it does it do anything? Does it move the needle <coughs> revenue wise in any way? Are they go, are they are they going back to like like what was the fucking deal with the the lamb that was just in like a fucking internet cafe? <laughs> what was that about? Park. <laughs> yeah, what what was that about? Like, I know it looked quite cool, but like this is supposed to be a big fucking franchise professional esports league. What was yeah. that? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think it's time to. Oh, also, just sort of got a funny um, type of way with the Captain's Bob business. They've put bussiness. Um, <laughs> everyone knows bussy is butt pussy, aka anal. Um, any anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's unhinged since leaving the industry, guys. Viewers, he's unhinged. <laughs> I'm here for it, personally. That's the, I'm waiting on that newsletter, boy. Are you doing that? Keep waiting. Uh, you, you know, didn't you announce something like that? Or am I dreaming? Didn't you like start a Substack or some shit? If you go on my link tree, there's a link if people want to subscribe, but there's nothing there. Um, oh, mate, come on. Do something. Um, I just want to establish that I am operating as a solely free person here and not representing any entity in any form. Um, I am Adam Fitch. I am not representative of a company of any kind. Okay. Thank you very much for letting me clear that up. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, mate, because I've gone on 17 tangents in the <laughs> Sorry, space of three I, no, minutes. <laughs> I distracted you heavy there to be fair. No, Is no, no. I, I, I was about, yeah, yeah. I was about to speak on it. And then I said about bussy. Um, Something about oh the, well we were talking about the LAN event. Oh yeah. Um, oh, what I wanted to say was it's finally worth speaking about now. Is there a purpose in the geolocated franchises, mm. or would it be worth having Optic Gaming, Hundred Thieves, Misfits, mm. or Heretics? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's a weird one because I do think you need to give fans a reason to give a shit, which is why the most followed, usually the most followed esports teams are like, they're not necessarily location, it doesn't always have to be location in esports, it could be an influencer or whatever, but like Koi, 
K Corp, like they're location based, and like people buy into the, the yeah. nation loud, yeah, all the Brazilian teams. Um, so I think, in a sense, you do need that, but the best way to do that isn't with these fucking geo located new brands. That's just such a weird decision to me that I never, I never understood it back then. And I didn't understand it for like slightly different reasons. Fast forward to now, my understanding of esports is a little bit better. I still don't fucking understand it one bit. Like, I I, I think, what was the justification that I read the other day? Um, basically something to do with like, if a team, if an organization sells a slot, if they have, the, if they're in their own branding and they sell the slot, they're basically selling their own branding. What if another team with like worse branding comes in or whatever? You would at least want to keep like, you know, like Florida Mutineers get sold. It could be Miami Heretics. Like it's still the same location that gives you some stability, you could argue, but esports is just fucking, it's just different. Like that's that's not going to work unless you have a brand already there. Yeah. Like it's too it's too global. It's too flimsy. It's too small. It's online first, man. Like it, Yeah. like splitting it up doesn't make that much sense. Like loud is not Brazil loud. It's just loud and it happens to, be brazilian but you could be a fan of loud and not be brazilian and mm. you know what i mean like it is a it, it never made too much sense to me from the beginning like yourself um I, I remember i was i was digging into it a lot when basically i ended up i leaked most of the cod uh, cdl team names because they they load they load like opened a website before they announced anything and i went into the source code and they had them all all back there. So. I think I remember that actually. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, and and it was at that point. It's so silly. Everyone's like, "Oh, you got these scoops." I was like, "Fucking didn't fam." I just went in source code like an absolute fiend for some reason. Um, journalism, boy. Sometimes that's how you get them. That HTML course that I went through as an apprentice really paid <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but Atlanta Phase was uh, revealed, right? And that was the only one that was basically using a existing brand. So I was digging into it a lot at the time, and. I spoke to, I'm pretty sure, nine out of the 12 team owners at the time. I did like a series on it uh, at ESI. And I never got actually anywhere. It's just basically like um, Paul Hamilton, uh, CEO of Atlanta Esports Ventures, who was, who owns like Atlanta Phase mm. and now part of Phase as well, basically said like, oh, well, Phase is technically a different brand to Phase Clan. So we was allowed it in. <laughs> and I'm like, as you say, though, having a separate brand is kind of good, um, both from like a positive standpoint, but also I guess you don't want to uh, make it seem as if your brand is somehow um, beholden to Activision Blizzard as a whole. If they have mm. a lot of say over that team because it's part of their league, you're buying into theirs. Yeah. If you're using that brand, it could get murky. If you're using the exact same brand, you're using every other game yeah. as well. I think there's maybe something there, and I can't verbalize right. it the exact way I want. But right, yeah. there's added murkiness there where like they control part of your team just naturally. Like they can tell you what you can and can't do to some extent because you're in their world. Um mm. and, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to get <laughs> that could get really messy, I feel. Um Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's another example of what we're talking about, isn't it? Like the power of the publisher and just its ecosystem is its ecosystem. And in traditional sport, people already know this that are in the industry, but like it's fucking, it's easy to forget. Like in traditional sport, nobody owns the ecosystem like that. Just doesn't. It's like, oh, there's such a good quote. I tweeted it. It's in that Matthew Ball article from a few years ago. 
um, who's the venture capitalist. And it was about like basically the role of publishers. Um, and what did he say? He said he spoke to a VC that said, esports is like basketball. If basketball were owned by Spalding, the ball company, and like eventually Spalding would want to introduce three balls into the game. That's like such a perfect like analogy for it. Because like like I've always said, the publisher's always gonna put their profit and like ahead of an esports scene. So if that means fucking a game off and releasing a new one, then that's what they'll do. Um so yeah, man, it's yeah, the publishers are like, CS two CS goes reaching new highs still and like they're killing it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a perfect example of that. You you seen so CS reached its height again. And like mm. 500 people are watching CS2 because it's just one map. When it's, yeah. just, it's just so fucking messy, man. It's like, what the fuck's going on? Again, mm. it's like that no one has any say in any of that stuff. But um, not to not to move on from Activision Blizzard. Um, Deserto, I don't know who who's the author here, so I can credit them. Patrick Dane interviewed like the head of, of Watch League, who basically said the eSport is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and I presume that means anywhere good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you can take it. You could take it one of two ways. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, we're no. not dying, or oh, fuck it. It's just we're just about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I suppose they also have an obligation to teams to not just like fuck it off. <laughs> yeah, because there's so so many off. millions invested, man. Like it, yeah, yeah. So you can't just say, oh yeah, it's done. <clears throat> They're never going to do that. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, the kind of franchise partnership model we've seen in League of Legends in terms of like Rogue and Koi um, and Heretics, did they buy the slot? They did, didn't they? They didn't partner with someone to buy their slot um, in the LEC. No, they I think they just it, bought right? it outright. Yeah. Well, um, as per a, a scoopy doopy from Super Duper Jake Hale, um, presuming it is accurate. Um, Misfits who have been leaning really on like the kiddie entertainment stuff with all their Fortnite and signings and stuff, um, and yeah, just where they're putting their investment generally. They are partnering with Team Heretics, allegedly, reportedly, to basically form the Miami Heretics instead of the if it being the Florida Mutineers. And I mean, one the branding shit anyway for Mutineers, so fair play. Like, get rid of that and let's have something good. Um, I actually kind of mm. like the logo, but it's not really caught on that much. So what, um, what? So but, the Heretics are partnering with Misfits to do this? Yeah, so Misfits own the slot. I oh, believe right. that is the, the crack. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, so it says um, the Soto sources say they will partner with the Spanish esports organization Heretics to form Miami Heretics. Uh, so Miami... Mm. the Miami's part of the well, Florida, Miami, territory owned by Misfits. Misfits will presumably pay at least some of the operations. Mm. Um, they own the brand, I guess, co-own the brand with Activision Blizzard to some degree, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, um, yeah, but it'll be Heretics branding, and I'm sure you'll want their management in as well, because they, they, to be fair, it's actually really good for the league, in a sense, um, because I believe they're bringing in like a fully Spanish roster as well. And when it was a CWL, not the CDL, um, very popular team, and like that was the only kind of team outside of the the phase optic 
kind of top tier stuff that could like bring in viewers independently. Mm. Um, you've got hundred thieves to add to that list now as well. So like, it's just another like uh, it, it does add a bit of strength to things. Though of course, it is weird with it being Miami and not say Madrid. Um, mm. It's not the territory they own, but again, it doesn't really matter that much. It's the heretics part that matters. It's, it's the people who are running it and the team, the the roster of players that matter and I think this is like real proof of that mm. um, and I, it, it's, I it's not fully heretics taking a bet it doesn't seem like because they haven't bought the slot you know mm. um, which may signal that Misfits is happy with where they think the slot's going to go but it could also mean that heretics didn't want to fully invest because they don't believe in it too much but or they'll they'll trial it with this and see how it goes who knows mm. what kind of deal they've got maybe yeah, it's yeah. a we're coming now in a year we get X percent over mm. four years, we'll take it fully off your hands, you know? It's it's an interesting one, and you can look at it a bunch of different ways. I think we just need to see basically where it goes over the next couple of years mm-hmm. to be able to judge what they're saying with this move. Because there's obviously something strategic there mm-hmm. from on both parties. I just don't... I can't work out exactly what it is, whether it's a yeah. sign of, like, confidence or opposite. Yeah. <clears throat> the devil is always in the details in it with these things. I think it's like it. It's probably it's possible that this is just like it probably was just a mutually beneficial thing. Like you said, heretics might have been able to get in <clears throat> for slightly cheaper than usual because they're like cod. They were happy to do it, and at the same time, misfits was ha- were happy to take like <clears throat> whatever they could get for the slot. They might not have been able to sell it outright, which they may have wanted to do, but could get this. Like, obviously, we're speculating majorly, but interested to. Maybe Jacob <clears throat> Hale will break more stuff on it. Can, um, yeah, ask him on a later date. On a side note, it's, it's, it's lovely actually to have him breaking stories because I was having a go at him when we were both working at Deserto because he was he, he genuinely was happier writing about TikTok and influencers than he was esports. And now mm. he's like uh, filled the spot, uh, the spot that um, CDL Intel has left, basically. Uh, mm. Crone left. Um, so it's, <coughs> nice, it's nice to see him take that route and uh, a, a nice guy who, yeah, he's kind of leaning into the attention he's getting, but not in a proper clouty way, just in a smart way of like, mm. like I can get myself in a better position here. This will help me. Not yeah. a oh my god, I'm obsessed he's... with the numbers thing. He's like he's oh, got geez. his head a good head on his shoulders, and he's not going to publish shit he ain't sure of. So just a little side That's note true. for him. I know he loves. I know he loves everything I have to say. So no doubt he'll watch this and send me a message. Uh, and if no, not, I'll true. be very disappointed. So as well as Jake, and he said that like he is very careful about what he publishes. He doesn't publish bullshit, and like <clears throat> love yeah. that. Like he's a little sensitive man, man. He'd he'd he'd, he'd want to jump off of a building. He'd want to do. He want to practice like cordless bungee jumping if he got something wrong. I I, I, I have <laughs> known him for many years. Um, mm. Not as well as I'd like at times, to be fair. Um, that kind of sounds like I want to date him. He's got a <laughs> he's got a little kid, so that, that's over for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, very very good guy, and um, it's nice to have a positive thing to say about uh, two journalists, uh, both yourself and, and Hale. I've, I've given yeah, props to, a, and I've only slagged off one so far this episode. So, <laughs> so doing far. Well. Yeah, you're on a run, mate. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm sure he does as well. Yeah, he is. He's doing good work. Good stuff, so, Keep it up, mate. Activision, Blizzard. I, I think really they just care about getting the deal over the line now. And I mean, I think it was um, with Microsoft. That is, I should I should actually give some context there as to what I'm talking about. That's probably good for a, a podcast. But um, I, I think a scoop came out earlier that 
the EU were going to approve the deal. Mm, saw that. Um, and the, the UK declined it, but they're just those chicken in the balls. It's, it's going to go through. There's too much money involved and, and stuff. But mm. uh, yeah, so I think they care about getting that done more than anything else because that's 69 billion and Kotick can finally fuck off then. Mm, um, hopefully, because he, he's just bad PR from <laughs> effectively, yeah. and no matter what he does now, he could give them all a million dollar bonuses, and people like people are like, "What's he hiding?" Like he can't, he's not in a position where he can win because he's built up a lot of bad faith with players and industry folks. So he is in. Fun fact: he has a cameo in one of my favorite films. Do you know what it is? <clears throat> I feel like I feel like I should it's a know sports it. film. Oh, well, I'm not quite new in the last like 12, 13 years. Moneyball. Football Factory, mate. Oh, shit. <clears throat> you ever watched Moneyball? No, I haven't. It's so good, but he's in that as the owner of the team. So the, the film is about the Oakland A's, and he plays the owner of the Oakland A's, and he's in like one scene, and he actually does quite well. But then later found out that it's Bobby Kozik, because I recognised his face when I like started working in esports. I was like, what? I've seen him in the film. And I looked it up, and, it was, and I've watched Moneyball like 10 times. Oh, oh shit! Fun, okay. fun fact. I don't fun know what he's is. doing in that film, but yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think the people that are stuck with us so far, they uh, deserve to get some some juicy details. So I will give a quick thing. Speaking of developers, Craft On, PUBG, um, they tried revenue sharing in 2019 with the. PEL, which is the European League, and the NPL, which is the North American League, that failed. People were getting like hundreds of dollars for like each for like four months. So not good. Um, and more recently, in the past couple of years, I can say this: I was trying to get a story out, but wasn't able to for various reasons that I will not not say um, because I've already dissed them once. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, they they had uh, back in the day in 2019, they had like under the table deals with like uh, I believe it was Cloud9, TSM, maybe Phase, and two others where they were paying them to compete in the game. Um, and a lot of beef was there between team, other teams and organize and um, the publisher, the developer, the people running the leagues because they were playing favorites, basically saying like, okay, you're the big teams, like we need your name in this, so please. I think Liquid was one of them as well. Um, please compete in our leagues. Here's some money. And then you've got like smaller teams who are like out of pocket, like trying to help build this eSport because they believe in it and love the game. Um, not getting anything. Uh, you think of like mm. the Pittsburgh Knights type type organizations that were never never quite fully like big VC funded at that point. Um, and yeah, m- more recently as well. Uh, so 2021, 2022, they were paying like hundred thousand at least i'm pretty sure um to teams uh, outside of any official schemes that they had um they basically I, I guess betted on having a few big names and thinking that would keep other big names around as well i think um mm. to try and keep these bot alive which i don't know if that's a very sustainable practice for people running a league or an overall like i guess circuit and structure to work so mm. again it's, it's another it's a case again where the developer is not treating teams fairly effectively in my mind is how I take mm-hmm. it. Um, and they don't really know what they're doing, but they, they just want their game to be big. And PUBG has gone through a lot of shit over the years between being banned and bought out. And there's a lot of internal <clears throat> politics between like the Korean office and 
um, like European and North American offices and stuff. I have scoops on that ESI from many moons ago if you want to go look. Um, because I've forgotten a lot of it now, but there was a lot of shit that went down. I think at one point, like players basically said, "Yeah, we're not playing. We're not playing uh, this tournament anymore until you sort some shit out." And then, like, mm. I think it was PUBG Korea that were like running the event. They literally went and hid in the office in, at the stadium that they're in. They went and just hid until the problem was sol- solved. I think there was like some maybe in-game glitch or something. Like they were so scared of the players and the teams and stuff, they went and hid in the office. Like absolute mad shit. Mm. Um, and that was a Mineski event. Point. I remember that 2019 Mineski Global Series, maybe something like that. Um, but yeah, so um, absolute fucked over there as well. Another, another example of teams not getting equal treatment. And it's just not a sustainable yeah. practice, man. It's not. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, in fact, it's backfired on them because, again, like, a lot of organizations were pissed off with them. Yeah, but the, I guess the point is if you zoom out beyond esports, these publishers obviously care way more about how many units they sell, how many skins they sell, than they do about their esports scene. So, like, mm-hmm. the question is just, yeah, a lot of te- a lot of some publishers like EA, like I said before, have just made the decision that <clears throat> investing in esports and giving teams like a big chunk of the pie isn't actually worth it financially. Like, it makes no difference if they're still selling well. There's still loads of people still playing the game. Like there are so many more players of a game than fans of the esport, like by a mile. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so you, they they're just you know, and you, and to be fair, we say like teams are being treated well, but you know, you said earlier on like how much was it teams earned from that rev share of the baseball bat in PUBG? Like yeah, it, hundreds uh, of dollars. Yeah, like probably like hundred. I think like what did I say? I have it. Like two hundred odd or something. Uh, so this is for there were three phases a year and this is for the third phase um there was a 25 percent split and each team for that phase would be getting 173 dollars 49 cents that was a contribution that's, that's, from in-game skin stuff that's just awful that's really good reporting from you me but that's really really bad <clears throat> like and so you gotta think like why would a publisher bother doing it and and it, and on the flip side if skins are gonna sell well regardless like our esports esports teams aren't big enough that they're going to drive more sales than a normal skin. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you yeah. make a normal skin and an esports skin, sell them both. The esports related one may be about the same, maybe a bit higher, maybe a bit lower. So, like, in that case, why share any of the money? That's what the publisher would say. That's what a lot of them have said. Um, so, that's the doomer take. Not even Simon Doomer, it's just fucking reasonable to think, like, do publishers care enough about this to give teams a leg up? We keep saying like the publishers need to help for, for teams to survive. And this is true for teams to survive. Publishers need to give them a leg up. Um, yeah. but, but that's for the that's on the org side. That's on esports industry side. But if you just take the industry, say the industry doesn't exist, the publishers don't necessarily care about esports. They care about their game. So, yeah, it's a whole, you just got to ask, I don't know, how can we set up a system where esports teams and leagues, like it's all for the benefit of the game and everyone buys in. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. Because the world yeah. is much bigger than esports. Esports is small. So I'm just hinging on something you said where basically like, <clears throat> and it's true, whereas more players than, than esports fans of any game, Mm-hmm. Would you say that's the 
case for football. I, would you say there are more football fans than people who like play it on a regular basis, not like one-off, like whether I, it's five-a-side or Sunday league or whatever? You'd say so, right? I do think so. Yeah, I think I think if you probably if you went globally, there'll be way more. I think people that watch it than play it regularly, way more because it's cultural. It's like how many times like, I can't remember the last time I went for a kickabout. I'm only 26, like. And I go to the pub, I watch footy in my house all the time. So, yeah, I think this is what I mean, man. Another example of like esports just having like a fundamental challenge. Most of the people that watch esports are people that currently play the, the game that they watch. So, what happens when they stop playing? <laughs> what yeah, happens yeah. when they move on? Like, then what? Where's the, where's the industry then? It's, the industry might always be young people that play games that eventually fall out of the data. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of really weird challenges esports has, and I am like actually quite pessimistic about it. To be honest, I think there's still room. I don't. I just don't know if it could ever get to that point of being like a tier one sport, you know, like basketball, football, that sort of thing. I don't know if it'll ever get to that. Maybe totally across titles, maybe. But yeah, yeah. When people people will want to band it all together when, when they can accurately say that. They're already doing it, uh, comparing esports with the Super Bowl and stuff, obviously, Com- like completely like conflating the, the numbers and combining the entire industry. Um, mm-hmm. But you, all you have to do is remember that like the gaming industry is bigger than music and movies combined, and you realise the opportunity at hand if the developers and publishers actually give a shit. Mm-hmm. Realistically, they could be pushing it a lot more than what they do. But it is cool when you say like Open Rocket League and there's esports TV at the top and they're showing like the latest podcast or tournament going on or something. Stuff like that should be just fucking commonplace if you give a shit. I think so. I think it should be. I think it's no sense otherwise. Just add a portal to it. You don't even have to fund it yourself. Just put a portal to like the biggest streamers and like the biggest matches because like I've always thought that was cool. Remember when the first ever esports that I engaged with. I was literally in like primary school. I was like 10 years old. It was a TV. I think the TV channel was called Pulse or something. And it was like Pro COD and Pro Gears of War. And I remember thinking like, I play these games all the time. I'm watching the best of the world right now. This is so fucking cool. Like, I don't more people find this interesting. So like, I think people would. You're right. It should just be in the game. Like when there's a big event on, like CSGO does this to be fair. Like when there's a big game on, put a portal to the event so people can go and watch it if they want. Like, yeah, I agree. It should be commonplace. And it is mm-hmm. becoming more and more commonplace. I think... It's just very slow to it, com- mm. considering what it is. But it just shows yeah. us that I don't think there's probably a lot of dev dollars that go towards esports because yeah, it's such focus. a small piece of the pie. Yeah, you just put it to the side and like, yeah, we'll do that in a couple of months or whatever. Because like mm-hmm. you said, it's just small. So... Yeah, man. Um, yep. So we're 50 minutes in somehow at the beginning of this, or just before clicking record, we like we didn't actually know what we we're going to talk about fully. So that's interesting. That I'd like fun. to potentially close it out with positivity, though. Are there any developers you think are doing a good job? I know you mentioned like Riot Games, you think do a decent job. Are there any others like I do, I uh, think, 343? Yeah. 343 do do a good job when it comes to do like, do. do do a good job when it comes to. Well, I'm hesitant to give him too much praise because Halo's kind of fucking dead. Like, you know, but they share like 50% of revenue on skins and stuff with um, teams and I'm pretty sure teams earn like a decent amount from that. Um, good. Ubisoft with Rainbow Six Siege are mostly very good. Like the meta changes in that game all the time and 
it's weird. <clears throat> some people they were quite have... early with the esports shop and stuff. <coughs> yeah, sure. yeah, they were, and some people have a problem with like the new competitive format and stuff. That's all fair, but like they've always listened. They always make big siege announcements at like six invitational for the whole game, not just for the esports. So like they actually do give a shit and like they try their best with the scene to like help teams, yada yada yada. So that's cool. Also an unreal game, Siege. Um just a shame they keep trying to host events in the Middle East and then getting backlash and, and then going, okay, we'll try it again in a year. Um <laughs> when like they've got like feet like um is it Jess Goat, who's like literally esports award winner, mm-hmm. like a woman and uh, a lesbian woman, I believe, and then like as as a trans caster and stuff as well, and they're just like Okay, so which Middle East country wants to give us the most money? <laughs> we don't care about the safety of our, like some of the faces and voices of our game. Like, besides yeah. that, they, they yeah, you get the impression they're, they're at least trying, mm-hmm. which is more than you can say for yeah. some of that. Yeah. Uh, but positivity, yeah, yeah like it's, it's generally and better. Yeah, and Riot are good, I think, overall, like, as a publisher. They, they build, <laughs> <laughs> seeing it with Project L, you know, the fighting game they're going to release. Um, oh, I thought they... that was just the code name for Riot. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Nice. Um, yeah, they now design games, Valorant, Project L, to be appeal like to facilitate like a viewing experience as well as being a good game, which I think is yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, and they do seem to do things well. Like I said that they've really taken the lead on the rev share and stuff, and really given teams a lot of money, which is still annoying. That I think not annoying because like more power to the players. It's not annoying in that sense, but like this, the whole ecosystem would be healthier if teams kept that money or most of it. And to be fair, I think in some titles they do. I'm pretty sure I'll speak to someone that keeps said they keep like. Um, 70% of, of skin sales or something like that. But I've also spoken to players in Valorant in particular. They take like 80% of revenue from this from whatever the team receives from, for skins. Because so, they basically say like, your team's nothing without me. You won't, won't be keep uh, competing if I'm there. Like, and if they're like players who are winning. Mm. It's like, bro, the amount, of, the amount of exposure and credence and accomplishment I'm bringing to your org, like... You've got to pay me uh, appropriately, and if you can't afford it like that, mm-hmm. like give me some of them skins, boy. Like it's just outrageous how some of these are earning twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred k a month for what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. It's like you're not even yeah. an actual fucking professional. It... You literally go Korean barbecue and like wank to anime. Like you're not a fucking <laughs> athlete, man. And you and you're trying to well, command yeah. more no, than no. like fucking um, champion championship football. It's like more than some prem footballers. You think you're worth that? Mm. Uh, they, I mean, they are like you've literally, literally sleep with a body pillow that get, has tentacles on it, man. They're very impressive, but they get a salary. <laughs> they get a salary. They get the vast majority of prize winnings, and they get the vast majority in a lot of cases of skin revenue. So that's they've three. Got, they've got psychologists. They've got nutritionists. Yeah, yeah. They get and they, the teams get left with fucking. They have to do full call for sponsorship um, activations a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, they can. And they literally say like, uh, like I know at one team which is not doing the best, but like his prominent team, um, they were literally saying like, oh well, we're not doing, we're not activating sponsors unless you're giving us a cut of that as well. <laughs> I'm like motherfucker, like, how do you think yeah. this team could operate if I you're know, taking percentage of everything? 
that's, that's what these players think. They don't care as long as they're getting their fill. Like they've got a shot um, shelf life, haven't they? So you've got to take the money while you can until you become a washed up streamer or get lucky mm. like Tarek and them. Like you know what I mean? A lot of a lot of the players that just have no knack for content or branding and did nothing prior to retiring, then mm. just going to streaming and fail. So like they have to try and cash out while they can. Mm. Um, and also they feel like rock stars and they're getting DM'd by e girls who are like fourteen on Twitter. Like they're feeling cool <laughs> as fuck. It's it's a mad one. Well, I think we're gonna have to do an episode on like um, how teams get the shot into the stick from both angles. They get the dick from everywhere. I I Just I think so we need to talk about how dick hungry they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think that's it's not a narrative that's spoken about enough. And also, no, we should maybe. maybe get someone on from a team to discuss that. Maybe if they're willing to be open publicly, because I think that's a really interesting angle. If you're up mm, for that, yeah, I have a couple of ideas as well. So do I, but I don't think they'd be willing to come on and speak about anything of value. Um, they just mm. play mad coy, but we can work by it. And that I'm was sure. not a hint, by the way, by saying coy. I just realised that, but no, I don't speak Espanol very well. So <laughs> yes, yeah, man. So, I think, yeah, overall, like I said, the conclusion is the publisher is the double-edged sword, and it always will be. I can't see a, a way this changes. Like, no one's come up with an idea. Like, there isn't... I've thought long and hard about this. Is there, like, a different way of doing it? I've really, really thought about it, and, like, the, depends on just the public. It's always going to depend on the publisher. <laughs> it's never going to not be a publisher. You can't make a game. I mean, I suppose you can make a game and just release it into the public. Decentralized like, you'd, be the, you'd be the Jesus of esports. Maybe that's what we should do. Make a game, earn loads, and then just release it to the public. Don't earn any money from it. This is now in the public domain and it always will be forever. I guess that's the argument people, for like people certain develop, web games. Oh my God, I've just come up with such a good idea. People develop it and add and cha- make changes to it, yada, 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 um, on a volunteer basis, on a voluntary basis. Just as like kids that want to, you know, uni students and like people that just, you know, like it sounds unrealistic, but the, the amount of people that post shit on Reddit, Wikipedia, like, mate, there are people out there that would do it. But then you get, the we'd get told that we're exploiting uh, free labor of like young folk. Nah, because it's like, for clout and exposure. Nah, I, think, I, yeah, I, think the, I think that's how esports wins. Well, yeah. I think like as people who are probably trying to make decentralized games per se, so like games that are not owned by anyone eventually will just be out in the ether. Uh, I don't know how they operate on the long term, but I assume they've basically got the. But surely someone still owns that, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, surely well, someone still owns who owns, who owns Bitcoin as a concept? Yeah, but Axie Infinity is a blockchain game, and like a company but owns that. Do they claim to be like decentralized, though? You know what I mean? So actually, make the game de- the decentralized thing. Yeah, like not one any one entity owns. The game. It's a so you're crowd. telling me all these Web three shills have been right all along. Web maybe, three is maybe how solve esports, or at least decentral. Maybe you don't need NFTs and stuff, but like, or maybe mm. you do. Um, maybe you do. Yeah. You maybe you need like ownership um, tokens of some sort, or some. I don't know, but I think like the decentralized aspect is the way to cut out the leech, and you know, there's a lot of questions about like ongoing development and actually running the leagues and stuff. But again, like you've got tournament organizers who can run leagues and tournaments, so like that that part exists already. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't have answers. Interesting. Um, but it's so much to think really, about, mate. It is. It is. It's interesting that. But Good uh, stuff. yeah, so we're about yeah. to hit an hour. So I think That's we can call a, it there, unless we've got anything else that. It's a good effort, that, mate. 
Let's see if I've made any notes. No, Psionics, I guess, just quickly mentioned, they give teams, like, I think it's 30%. Epic Games. That's who they are now, isn't it? So... Is it? Oh, yeah, they own Epic Games on Psionics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, like, right. two, three years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny you see the the dichotomy between how uh, Fortnite's treated as an eSport and, and Rocket League. Mm. Like Rocket League, it well, basically is just a competitive game through and through, no matter what. So mm. it does make sense to put. And Fortnite, yeah, their whole focus is elsewhere. Their whole metaverse-y. focus is like metaverse creation. It's actually sad. I'm so on board with fucking Epic. They're, they're such a cool company. <laughs> no. I've not looked into him that much, mate. I'll be honest with you. Fairs, fairs. So, Tim Sweeney is just a him. fucking badass. I love him. He's sick. Anyway, I'm not going to suck his dick, though. Well, don't love him, don't him, love him in that, that much. Yeah. Um, we can call it there. Um, as like a little anecdote to end the podcast, so we started yeah. off with the relevancy, so let's end yeah. it that way as well. About two people will make it to this point, so I, I don't feel embarrassed saying this, but... Um, uh, I hope my ex-girlfriend isn't watching this, but a, a lovely young lady that I am seeing at the moment arrived the other day with flowers for me. How do you feel about that? It's the first time I've ever received flowers. Like I don't know any bloke was that's it, ever received flowers it, unless it's on their grave. Was it, was it Jared? Oh, that, 100%. I, I, I felt so nice embarrassed, one. so awkward, and I'm like <laughs> so neutral. <laughs> nah, you shouldn't be embarrassed. I, I, I get why I just didn't know how to react. Like, oh shit! Thanks. It's like someone telling you you've won the lottery. It's just like, uh, okay, this don't happen to me. Like, I think I know how to react in that situation. But no, I, I get you. I, mean, yeah. I get you. So yeah, and I spoke to my dad about it, and he was basically like, "Oh, I feel like a bitch." I'm like, "Right, okay, the wrong person to speak to about it." But um, <laughs> yeah. it is a, it's a lovely move, and I just thought, like, you know what? Like, oh, that's that's interesting. Why, why do men never get bought flowers? Yeah, why do men not get bought flowers? It's definitely seen women? as like a. A man to woman thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like men do the gifting generally, I suppose, yeah. like, because you have to try and win them over and caught them in the beginning. So you you do that instead of you love bomb them and buy them stuff and it's game over. So, gender bias. Yeah, it's pure misandry uh, at its finest. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah uh, that's a good way to end I think, it. Yeah. Also, shout that out me. Beth. That's beautiful. Yeah, shout out Beth. Good stuff, you're, Beth. That's actually egg. cute as fuck. I love that. I, I think I would quite like that. It's quite nice. I, I would agree, though. I'd be a bit like, how the fuck do I react? Honestly, I didn't know. Oh, mate, I felt mortified. I felt like I can't accept them. Even mm. though it's a really nice gesture. <laughs> oh, no. You better have accepted them. I do. They're, they're in a... Flowers? I can go look. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute, that, isn't it? Guys that are still listening to this, it's a nice, nice gesture. Oh, it's cute, it's like tulips or something, isn't it? Or not, are they roses? Tulips, I think. Might be pink Someone roses. Tell us in the comments. Hey, like and subscribe, motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>